It's time for Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. It's your chance to be heard, air your grievances, and take your shot. Only on Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. Morning to you. Ten minutes after 9 a.m. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in today and uh, and, and uh, just kind of spending a, a few minutes with me. Uh, it's kind of overcast right now, but it looks like there's uh, some blue sky on the horizon. Hopefully we can get the day to brighten. It's supposed to be 57. Fantastic uh, temperature and uh, sun to come out. It might just be a perfect day to do something outside. Uh, we do have a storm coming in. Forecasters are saying right now it's going to come in uh, tomorrow night sometime uh, later in the evening and then we might have a rainy sunday but uh, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it it's open line friday uh, let it ready to take your phone calls at 673-5890 673-5890 couple of topics i want to start with and then we'll turn to the phone lines hey uh flags will be flying at half staff in connecticut tomorrow to mark the seven years since the sandy hook massacre jennifer polson has a little bit on that Ned Lamont issuing the directive from sunrise to sunrise. All right, let's make sure we get the right button pushed, huh? Let's try this again, Jennifer. Lamont issuing the directive from sunrise to sunset in remembrance of the 20 children and six adults killed in the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown December 14, 2012. Just this week, a Superior Court judge set a trial date of September 2021 for families suing Revington for reckless marketing of a combat weapon to civilians since the shooter used an AR-15 made by the gun manufacturer. Remington had sought to have the lawsuit dismissed, but the U.S. Supreme Court declined to protect the company. Jennifer Bolsoni, NBC News Radio, Connecticut. How do you feel about that? They're trying to make the gun company liable, at least somewhat culpable, for what happened at the Sandy Hook massacre. Now, if that suit is successful, we're talking about millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in compensation. And, of course, the uh, gun company is going to fight it with their high-priced lawyers and everything. But uh, that's, a, that's a, a slippery slope there and, uh, and a controversial, I think, area in that, uh, you know, how can you, how can you sue a, a gun company for someone dying? Uh, I mean, are we going to sue all, you know, all the people that made the guns in World War II? All the, all the families of people who died in World War II, should they start suing the gun companies because guns were used to kill those guys? I don't know. It, it, it bothers me a little bit. I was reading something the other day. Uh, it's, it's a company that train. It's basically their aim is to train citizens, train everyday people to be proficient in real world potential, real world situations. Uh, and uh, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to advertise for them, so I'm not going to say their name, uh, and I'm not going to tell whether they're local or national. You can Google if you really want to know about uh, about this stuff. But basically, their idea is. Uh, and this is what they say on their website. Their idea is uh, fearing the police does not deter, d- deter potential shooters. Fearing the military does not deter potential shooters. The only way potential shooters will stop what they're doing, will not shoot, have a mass shooting, is if they fear their potential victims. And I, I, I was thinking about that. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know all the details on Sandy Hook, but I can tell you this. Had... Uh, had the shooter who eventually, you know, killed, what was it, 28 people, including 20 children, uh, had he known before he went to that school that the principal, the vice principal, and every, every one of the school teachers were potentially armed with their own weapons, 
do you think that he would have gone to the school and, and, and did what he did? Now, you can, you can make the case. You can say, well, yeah, I think he would have done it anyway. He would have just taken those people out first. Maybe. I guess, I guess you could argue that. Uh, or you could, you could say, well, he, he probably would have done it, but it would have been a little more random or he would have gone somewhere else. Okay, maybe. I tend to believe that he might have might have gone somewhere else, but if if our citizens were most of our citizens were armed, where at least there was a, a thought that they might be armed, I think that would be a powerful deterrent. And again, I'm not trying to promote this business, and I you know I'm not, I can tell you their name. I, I, I'm just I'm just saying if if I'm going to go to a theater or a school or a, today there was a shooting at a factory in Georgia. Uh, seemingly random. Uh, if I'm going to do that, if I'm crazy enough to do, if I if I devalue human life so much that I would do something like that, then my big thought would be, how can I do it without? How can I do it so that I do a lot of harm before I die, before I get I get shot at or, or taken down? That you know, because because these guys are they're psycho, but they're not stupid. Well, most of them aren't. And, and so they're, they, and they, you know, the only way they're going to get on the news is if they, you know, do some maximum damage. They probably, probably won't even be on national news if they, if they were to hurt one or two people. But so, so these shooters are going to say, all right, I got to go somewhere where I know that I can do what I need to do to, to be infamous, to be on the news. And if that place you know, if, if the place I was thinking about going, if potentially there's one or two or five or ten people who will be armed and who will shoot back at me, I'm probably not going to go to that place. It's it's simple logic. You, you want to increase your odds of being infamous, being famous for doing something bad. So you go somewhere where you don't think you're going to get shot back at. That That's my thought. Got another topic I want to talk about, too, in a couple of minutes, but let's go to the phone lines first. Yeah, you're on with Annie. How are you, Seth? Uh, good morning. I'm not going to talk about taxes. Yay, thank you. It, it's too much, okay? Uh, yeah, oh, I agree. All right, now there's a young woman who stood up from California at the Conservancy District. If she listens to the radio, I'd like to talk. have her talk to me or Steve. I'm going to give my number... Um, 435-574-2801, and we're in the process of trying to put together an organized presentation for the next time this happens. Uh, so are you going to get maybe maybe start an organization or, or some kind of uh, group? Yes. I'd love I'd love to hear more about that. I'd love to be a part of that, Seth. When you guys when you guys get it going together, uh, let's have let's have you on the air and let's talk about it. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, we need uh, one uh, person standing up with whipped cream is not enough. Yeah, yeah, good point there. So uh, I would like to change the subject completely in regard to the psychologist, clinical psychologist that you had on uh, earlier in the week. Maggie Phillips, yep. Say it again. I I didn't hear. Maggie Phillips was her name. Very nice. And uh, I... uh, supported her and gave her an example of how uh, this idea works. And uh, and by the way, yeah. Seth, let me interrupt. By the way, I think that was perhaps in, in all the time I've been on the air and all the times you've called in, I think that was my favorite story ever that you ever told on the air. Well, thank you. I And, and this thing, do you know what a placebo is? Sure. 
Okay. And what would it be? Well, a placebo is uh, where you give somebody what they think is a medication. Usually it's, it's medication, but it can be other things. That, uh, and, uh, and unbeknownst to them, it actually has no, uh, no effect of what they think it's going to have, but their mind or perhaps their whatever is fooled into thinking that it does. Exactly. And it can be an injection. It can be a thought. It can be an idea. It can be a curse. And like you go into the do- well, they do uh, experimental trials on, and they have they hand half the people sugar pills, and they hand the other half some medication, and they have control groups, and they and sometimes thirty, forty, maybe fifty percent of the people miraculously cure themselves with their mind. Yeah, yeah. And doctors hate placebos. Do they? Well, well, you know, but of course, how they don't, we don't need a doctor if we're able to uh, persuade ourselves that we, in fact, are the best doctor in the universe when it comes to us. Well, I, I guess my thought there is, is, Seth, is that a placebo will work for certain things. Like, I, and I kind of tried to get this out of Doctor Phillips, but she was she was not taking debate, but. Uh, I, you know, if, if I have a headache or maybe in my case a, a backache, placebo helps and, and psychology helps. But if I have, say, shingles or if I have an infection or if I have, uh, heaven forbid, if I'm in an accident, I'm injuring, I'm injuring, I'm bleeding, I don't know that a placebo would apply there. And so we still have a big place for doctors, don't you think? Uh, for broken bones and all that, and even then, you know, some some kind of thing. But the human body, believe it or not, is like a huge Tesla generator. Mm. It's generating huge quantities of power and energy, and always whatever our minds are, whatever we think is going to happen will happen. And let me just give you: Have you heard of a word called abracadabra? Yeah, magic, right? Abracadabra. Okay. Also, a Steve, Steve Miller song from the eighties. <laughs> do you know what it means? Uh, no, I assume. No, I really don't. It's a gypsy well, word. It's right? the language that Christ spoke, oh, okay. and it's abracadabra. And whatever comes out of your mouth, whatever you think, your body and your spirit and your energy will manifest it. Hmm. If you say you can't play pickleball. You can't play pickleball or basketball. If you think your back is going to hurt or anything at all, your body, your mind listens to what you say. And that was the show that was on just, it's all in your head. Yeah, yeah. Okay? I just graduated. I This one fellow said he got a 70% response. I The last session from the session before... I got sixty-four percent. Nice. Okay. So, well, well here's the ahead. here's the thing, though, Seth is. Uh, I believe I, I agree with you. I think that's a huge uh, huge help. But I will say this: I always wanted to be a really great basketball player. I mean, I, from, I'm, I played basketball three, four times a week my whole life until, until my recent injuries, and I wanted to be the best guy on the court. And I believed I could do it. I, with my whole, I knew if I put the time in, uh, I, it, there was, at one point I was, going, I was going to the gym every day and shooting 100 three-pointers or, or more uh, so I could be, uh, be really good at shooting three-pointers. But I hit a wall. There was a point, as much as I wanted it and as much as I believed I could get there, 
I hit a wall and I was I just didn't have the the talent to get to that next level. And that's where, you know, that, when, when we talk about confidence, the mind can do anything. I think of the mind can do a lot. But I think when we say the mind can do anything, I, I, I tend to disagree with that. Well, um, I read a book, and I can't remember exactly the title of it, but it was a story of people who were prisoners uh, in Vietnam or in other conflicts. And to keep their mind from uh, deteriorating and, and breaking under the pressure, they would play golf in their mind. I think I read that same book. And they were shooting baskets, and they were doing this and that. And when they were released, they shot appreciably better golf and were able to shoot because the mind doesn't know the difference between you physically doing something and that you vividly imagine and make it part of you. And so this concept of placebo and nocebo, like nocebo, is a curse. Uh, You've got cancer. You've got six months to live. Is that going to help the patient, or is that going to set up conditions so the person will die on the exact day that the doctor cursed him with? Yeah, no, I so I knew I know what you're saying there, but I, at the same time, I remember I've had a couple of illnesses, and I've had some family members with illnesses, and then the mind wants to know, doctor, give me a time frame, and, and doctors are resistant to that. Well, I don't want to tell you, I, and and then they say, well, at least give me the odds. Tell me what you know, what percentage of people lasted a certain amount of time. We press for that. We ask for that. We wish for that. I can't help myself. I want to know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm just telling that what happened to you on the air. We all can do, mm-hmm. and there's a guy by the name of Kurzweil, and anybody that's studying futurism and, and uh, uh, longevity, uh, this guy is on the cutting edge of it, and he says if we can hold ourselves together for another 10 years, we will be immortal. And, really? of course, we're immortal already. That's right. You can destroy this body, but... Your spirit, your essence, whoever, this electrical, this uh, spiritual thing never dies. I agree with you on that one. Okay, so uh, I just want to congratulate you for having that on, and I think that's so important that each of us understand that we are children of God and that we can't be destroyed here in this dimension. Yeah, well said. Thank you, Seth. Appreciate the call today. Uh, and, and, and again, uh, kind of addressing what Seth said as far as that having Dr. Phillips on. She did, it was probably 10 minutes, and I, I, I felt a little bit guilty, uh, you know, using 10 minutes of, of radio time to have her help me psychologically try to heal some of the pain I was feeling. And, but I got to tell you, it worked. It absolutely worked. Now, the pain didn't go away. It didn't completely disappear. But the chronic pain I've had for the last... Oh, man, it's been 16 months or something since my surgery, 17 months since my latest back surgery. It went from, I'm going to go, you know, when I would bend over and pick something off the floor, it was an 8 out of 10 pain-wise. I mean, it was it was real. And it went to about 2 out of 10. That's, I mean, that's significant. It's significant to me. Maybe it's not to you. Maybe you don't care. Maybe I'm wasting your time. I hope, I hope you don't feel that way. But I can tell you that my life since, uh, was it Monday she was on? Since Monday, maybe it was Tuesday. My life has significantly improved because of just some little exercises she had me do with my mind and, uh, and, uh, and some breathing exercises. 
And uh, it's, I'm amazed. I'm impressed. And, and uh, I feel better than I have in, in quite some time. Let's go back to the phone line. Caller, you're on with Andy. How are you today? Morning. Morning. What's on your mind? All right. Well, when you had her on, I listened. Sure. And this whole week I've been thinking about it, actually. So I'm just not going to shoot off, you know, from the hip and just, you know, be flippant. I've actually been thinking about that show. Okay. And um, I actually have it all memorized. I, I, I actually listened while you were on the show. I listened and followed through. I even did the breathing exercises, the circle breathing. See, I was paying mm-hmm. attention. Okay. So, <clears throat> a few years ago, it was right after I got off my mission, um, I used to be uh, a uh, I used to dive for the University of Utah, springboard diving and platform diving. Really? Oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah. Uh, high school, went to state all three years. Um, I also dove for BYU for six months. And I, I dove at, and uh, trained at their facility down there in Provo. How, how high was the platform you were diving off of? Uh, well, at Collegiate, it's five and seven meter. Okay. And um, and you're all, but in college though, you're doing three meter. So high school, you're doing the one meter, and and then you're pre- and you're preparing and doing a lot, what you what we call lineups and, and uh, basically lineups and practices on the three meter. The college is three meter, and then we're doing and then you're getting into some five meter uh, stuff, um, but mainly it's uh, three meter. That's the springboard. Anyway, the point is, yeah, yeah. my mission. Point is, I went on my mission. Uh, I started. I was a late grower. Like for instance, I, I the number four five to some people is just one number. To me, it was four foot five inches. Oh really? I stayed at four. I stayed at four foot five inches for so long. I just had that number ingrained in my head for almost four and a half, maybe five years as a boy. I just stayed at four five. Hmm. The, yeah. Anyway. So everyone grew in 10th grade, and by 11th grade, they were almost all full-grown. Most people, right? Right, sure. At 11th grade, I left 10th grade, came back 11th grade, I was two inches taller. From 10th grade, or 11th grade to 12th grade, I was another two inches taller. I was a late bloomer. Then I went on my mission at like 180 and 5'9", came back to my mission just over 5'10". Uh, weighing 205, and that was n- there was no fat on me at all. Filled I, out, uh, nice. All my shoulders, yeah, I'm all my shoulders. They finally just filled out. I, the shoes, uh, the the shoes stayed the same. That's the only thing that size that stayed. My suits, I came with all new suits when I came back. So you caught up to um, your just, caught up to your feet. It sounds like. L- listen, oh, I, yeah, I got two, I just, yeah. two minutes yeah. to weather. So, anyway, so let's finish the story. Here. Right, come back from the mission. Hadn't done any stretching. Hadn't done any warm ups. And I went up to the University of Utah, and I went on their gym. So there's there's trampolines you have in the backyard, and then there's professional actual uh, professional athletic trampolines that you have. They're more rectangle. They have a different uh, type of oscillation and bounce to them. Sure. Anyway, without even stretching, I started. I hooked up to the harness and started doing some, uh, you know, just some tumbles and doing some twists, um, just to kind of get back into it. I was so dumb. I mean, I've been on a mission for two years. Anyway, 
my knee, when I come back down from doing like a, I'm doing like a double or true because I'm on a harness so I can bounce and I don't have to worry about, you know, so I'm all, I'm all hooked up. Yep. So I, I, I bounce super high, I do like a triple, uh, triple flip, come back down. Anyway, my knee doesn't bend forward. It goes sideways. Oh, ACL? It felt weird. It felt, what? Was it ACL tear? No. No? So then I was a dumb, I just did a dumb thing. It hurt, but it felt weird. But after a few minutes, I, we were always taught, just like in a lot of athletes, okay, walk it up, start walking around. Yeah, I remember walking those around, start moving it. Yep. Right, so that's what I did. I thought I was okay. Got back on the, and I knew the coach, so he, that's why he hooked me up. Anyway, did it again, same thing. Knee went sideways, went boom, boom and Ooh. then back and popped back in. Fast forward to like five years to, the, to just a couple years ago, I've been having what I called lightning pain through my knee. Ouch. Where if I was going up the stairs as I was about to take the step, so I lift my leg, as I'm pushing into the step to go up to the next step, it would be like a lightning, lightning bolt, boom, hits right all the way through the knee. Um, I understand when she was talking about meditation, I understand that breathing uh, has a, a really positive effect on our, our, our positivity, uh, yep. the, the dopamine, the serotonin, the, the norepinephrine that's in our brains, right? Mm-hmm. I also know that when she mentioned, when she mentioned that uh, uh, hypnosis, sorry, but if, you, if you've been shot, like in, in, in combat, that circle breathing is not going to help you a dang bit. Yeah, you're right okay. about that. Hypnosis is great. Like, let's say you had some traumatic experiences when you're a child. Well, meditation and hypnosis, that is the realm for that. I'm not discrediting it. That's not what I'm saying, okay? Right. But I also know that circle breathing, hypnosis, and meditation didn't convince Dr. Perry right here in town, Todd Perry. You can look him up. He did the x-ray. He did the MRI. You know what he said? What's that? I don't see anything. I don't see anything. Your knee's fine. Hmm. And I said, okay, well, now I, my life is horrible. There's some times where I can't go up my stairs without tears coming in my eyes. That's how painful it is. Hmm. He says, fine, we can do an orthoscopy if you really want to. I said, yes. I said, okay, but I don't see anything in the MRI. I don't see anything in the x-ray. I go in. Go into the hospital here. Quickly, quickly. And then he, mark, he marks yes on my knees. Now, which knee is it again? Just to make sure. He, this one. He, write, he writes with a marker, yes. And, uh, and then he puts a couple X's on where I pointed where it is. I go in. Now, an orthoscopy, just to check it, should be an un, under anesthesia for an hour. They're just going in to scope it, to check it, to see what's going on. I am under for three and a half hours. So did they find anything? Because we've we got to go to weather. Did they find anything? Uh, they drilled four holes uh, into my tibia and my fibia, and they had to reattach what was left of my meniscus, and they had to do anchor, what they call anchor sutures. They wow. also had to carve my patella, and they had to do what it's called a lateral release. They had to fix my medial and lateral uh, ligament. They had to do a whole thing. Hmm. He said, you're right. The whole thing was all just messed up. It looked like It looked like a... Like a, like a pinball machine had just blown up around in there. Anyway, I'm just saying, sorry, but yeah, real uh, medicine, real uh, medicine like penicillin, there you go. you got to go to break. I, so I, I know what you're saying. You know what? I, I think one, one of the things the doctor told me once, and to make total sense, he said, pain is a way, your body's way of telling you there's something wrong. 
And and so, yeah, definitely, you know, having Dr. Phillips on and understanding the psychology of pain helps, but certainly, certainly is not a cure-all. Welcome back. It's 9.37 on News Radio 94.9, 890-KDXU. I'm Andy. A couple of things I want to address here. First of all, uh, we were talking a little bit about Maggie Phillips. She was a doctor I had on earlier this week. She's a clinical psychologist, and uh, she's dedicated her life to uh, basically trying to get us from taking pills. Not, not that we should not take pills ever. That's not what she's saying. But she's saying there's a lot of situations that we can heal ourselves through uh, physical therapy, through uh, psychology, through positive attitude, uh, and and I I my experience with her, she uh, she did a little bit of a, some of the exercises with me on the air here, and my experience was that it was a really positive thing, and she helped me with my back pain. Uh, but she said, and I would say that, that again, this is not something that it really fits in with every kind of uh, illness that you have, every kind of infirmity that you have. Uh, if you need cancer treatment, get cancer treatment. If you've got uh, something that antibiotics would help or, or, uh, or, or something like that, yeah, you know, get it taken care of. Don't, you know, and, and that's one of the things I asked her about. I said, I said, look, you're, you're talking about dealing with chronic pain. Will this type of stuff, you know, the positive attitude and, and things like that, will it work with more serious stuff? And she said, well, probably not. And, and that's not what I'm advocating. I'm trying to tell you that there are those of us, and, and I was a perfect example, who live, in pain, live with pain every single day, that we can minimize that pain. We can make it less a part of our lives, make it a, a nuisance rather than a major pain, if you will. Uh, so anyway, the other thing about Dr. Phillips is, uh, first of all, she was uh, very, very uh, well-spoken. She was really, really nice. When I first contacted her a couple of weeks ago, she was like, I'd love to do your show. You tell me when, you tell me where, I'll be there. And then, and then after the show, uh, as customary, I like to send an email or a text or even a phone call uh, with my guests, just thanking them for being on and, and you know, kind of telling them they did a great job and stuff like that. Uh, before I could get that email composed she had already emailed me and thanked me for letting her be on the show and i thought i mean that's to me that's just classic that's that's a that's a cool thing to do so uh she also uh, asked after i asked her she also agreed that she would come back on the show in future times because we barely scratched the surface of some of the stuff that uh she is good at and that she uh, could uh, share with us uh, uh listeners she has a couple of books out there uh one of them is freedom from pain and uh, they are, uh, if, you go, if you'll search Dr. Maggie Phillips on Amazon, uh, she only has the two books. And she wasn't on the show to sell books. She was on the show to help us, to teach us that there are better ways to deal with uh, some of the uh, nagging and chronic pains that we have every day in our life. And uh, she did help me. The other thing I want to do address is uh, I appreciate your calls, and we love to have you call. 673 is a phone number. It's open line Friday. But I do have to say this. I need you callers. Uh, I, I, need to, uh, I serve all of you. And so those of you that call that are on for a long time, uh, I, I don't like to be rude, and I certainly don't like to hang up on people, but we're going to have to make – I'm going to have to make a better effort at limiting the, the length of phone calls. The last caller I had on, uh, I had about four or five minutes uh, for, before the, new, the weather break, and they, that caller went on and on and on and on. It ended up being about eight- or nine-minute phone call when it should have been about four and uh, I get in trouble if I don't hit these certain, they call them benchmarks. If I don't hit the certain times when things are supposed to be played, I, I actually get, I hear about it from the boss. And so, uh, 
you know, there are two reasons I need you to be brief when you call. First of all, I'd love to hear hear from you, but the two reasons are, number one, uh, it's not fair to other callers if you call and take up a lot of time and they want to get in. And number two, I have certain time obligations that I need to hit. And so uh, just, uh, just you know, I, don't want, I don't want you to not call. I love your phone calls. I love hearing from you. I love your stories, but we need them to be a little more succinct and a little less verbose. If you will, it's 941 on News Radio 949 890 KDXU. Uh, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about today, we had Dr. Blodgett on uh, last week, and he talked about ways to make your life last longer, and not just last longer, because who wants to live till you're 100 if the, your last 10 or 15 years are in a bed uh, and you're in pain? He said, so not only make you live longer, but make you live better while you're living longer. And it was it was the basic things, and uh, you know I, I can look them up here. In fact, I've got them right here on the screen. Uh, you know, don't smoke. Uh, keep your weight down, your BMI. Uh, exercise thirty minutes a day. Uh, sleep. Get enough sleep. That's what I really struggle with. Getting that seven eight hours sleep. Now, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I honestly I have a hard time getting to bed early enough to get those seven hours and to be honest after about six hours in bed my back hurts enough and I just I can't lay there anymore and and so if I'm tired enough I can sleep seven or eight but I have to be really really tired so uh, and then calorie restriction yeah eating less and not drinking your calories ie soda pop and sugary juice things like that. Uh, and then one of them I skipped, and I skipped it on purpose because it's to me it's the biggest one that we all struggle with, and that's to get five cups of fruits and vegetables every single day. Now, I was doing some research the other day on cancer, and uh, somebody had made the comment. It was some, some muckety-muck doctor had made the comment that said 99% of cancers are behavioral caused. And I took exception to that because I remember years ago uh, someone I was related to got, got cancer. And our first thoughts were, as family members, you know, I wasn't, he wasn't my, you know, he wasn't my, my parent or my child, but it was somebody I was related to. And the first thing that went through all of our minds, and I got to admit it was, well, I wonder what he did to get, get cancer there. And we even thought, well, his wife is, she's a great cook. She probably, she probably feeds him too good of food all the time. And you know how stupid that is? And I was just sitting there you know, looking back at that going, why would we think that? He didn't, he didn't ask for cancer. He didn't eat really any different than anyone else ate. And yet we, we were kind of blaming him a little bit for getting cancer. And, and I thought, what's, what's wrong with us that we would think that? And then to have this doctor come out the other day and say that, uh, you know, 90-something percent of cancers are caused by, uh, by behavior, by something you did, uh, to me, I was like, that seems a little controversial, and that seems not very cool, and that seems not very nice, and I'd like to see the numbers that would back that up. Now, as I did my research, I couldn't find any anyone else that said it was that high of, an, uh, of a number, but uh, there, there was a story out there from Med, at Medscape.com that talked about the, the, the behaviors we do do that cause cancer. And uh, there was, uh, let's see, obesity is one of them. Boy, we're right, right back to that top six list that Dr. Blodgett gave us. Obesity, alcohol, and tobacco use, unsafe sex. Um, they said not only smoking, but also indoor smoke from coal fire. So if you have a fireplace, uh, contaminated therapeutic injections, uh, you can get uh, from dirty needles, basically, is what they're saying. 
Uh, let's see, other modifiable risks. Uh, well, the big one that jumped out to me, oh, physical in- inactivity was one of them as well, uh, where we live a sedentary lifestyle. But the big one jumped out at me. It was, it was from that same list from Dr. Blodgett. It was uh, low fruit and vegetable intake can contribute to the cause of lung, esophageal, stomach, and colorectal cancer. Low fruit and vegetable intake. And so I'm just sitting there going, my whole life I've not really been a vegetable guy. I've been a, you hear the term meat and potatoes guy. I'm a meat and potatoes guy to to the extreme. I honestly, if I never had to eat a vegetable again in my life, I'd be okay with that. There's not one vegetable where I would say, I really enjoy that. I would miss it. No, there's not a single one. Uh, Unless you count pumpkin pie, I guess. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Fruits, there's a couple of fruits I like, but I'm not a big, you know, big fruit eater. Uh, and, and so I'm just sitting there looking at that list and, and, yeah, behavior causes cancer. And here I won't eat my vegetables. And I've never eaten my vegetables. I, I mean, you know, I don't have a green bean here or there or, or whatever. But for the most part, I just don't like vegetables. And so I'm I'm sitting there going, this, this section of this article is about me. You know, I get physical activity. I don't have unsafe sex. I don't smoke. I don't drink. But, man, I have a hard time with fruits and vegetables. And it's right there on the list, right there next to smoking, right there next to to drinking and unsafe sex. It's low vegetable and fruit intake. And that is me. Now, this isn't an infomercial. I'm not trying to sell you balance of nature or anything like that. I don't know if those work or not. uh, I've never experienced them. But I can tell you that this is something i got to work on. And I guess I would throw out there on Open Line Friday, if you have some ideas for me, 673-5890, if you have some ideas for me, besides tough it up and start eating them anyway, you jerk, because I know that. And I've been told that by my wife and my parents on my whole life. You need to eat that anyway. Uh, but are there other ideas for me to, to try to get the, that vegetable fruit intake? Yeah, let's go to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy. How are you today? Good morning, Andy. I'd like to uh, talk about the uh, fruits and vegetables, but uh, if I might just take uh, 15 seconds to... Uh, I understand that somebody... This is Steve, and I yeah. understand that somebody in the last couple of days has uh, uh, had indicated that they wanted to talk to me, and so I'd like to give my phone number, if I might. Sure, go ahead. My phone number is 319-5547, 319-5547, and I would be happy to talk to anybody about anything. So um, back to the fruits and vegetables. You know, mm-hmm. I've, thought, I've thought about this for a long time, and I'm kind of the same way. You know, I don't eat a lot of, of either one, although I do. I, I eat some. Okay. But, you know, if, if you go back 100 years and you consider our diet, and by the way, a hundred years is only thirty-six thousand days ago. Mm. Thirty-six thousand days ago was a hundred years. We've really got a pretty short time on this planet. Right. And so, a hundred years ago, people didn't. You know, consider the grocery store just going down the uh, the cereal aisle. There are. There's 250, 300 different types of cereal. Every one of them are loaded with sugar, right. loaded with all kinds of garbage in it. And that's what we feed our kids for breakfast, at least some do. A hundred years ago, we didn't have, you know, those choices for breakfast. Most people ate, you know, eggs, bacon, ham, 
uh, maybe oatmeal, whatever, you know, that happened to be. But I think our diet is a, a primary factor in our health today. And when you th- I think that sugar, and, and Dr. Atkins was the one who actually pointed this out, that sugar is an anti-nutrient. It leaches our body of the nutrients that we do have. And when we think of sugar, we just think about granulated sugar. Right. Sugar is white flour, white rice. All of these uh, you know, things that are in our diet are, are also working your body exactly like sugar does. Carbohydrates, if you don't burn them right away, the excess turns into fat. And so I, I think that you know, the idea that we need more fruits and vegetables is ac- absolutely right. But you go to the grocery store today, and most of these uh, fruits and vegetables are grown for uh, quantity, for for look, you know, the look of an mm-hmm. apple. People will refuse an apple because it's got a little blemish on it. You know, right. hundred years ago, that wasn't something that that people would throw away an apple because it has a little bit of a blemish. But my 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 concern is how many nutrients are actually in the fruits and vegetables that you can eat today. And so, you know, you mentioned balance in nature, and of course, there's several other ones. Uh, Texas superfoods. You hear these commercials all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm at a place where I'm ready to give it a try because. Uh-oh, we lost you there for a second. Keep going. Oh, sorry. You know, the psychological part about, you know, positive thinking and all that and breathing, I I believe that's all true. But it's just like your car. If you don't put uh, decent fuel in your car, it's, you know, watered down, it's got some contamination, it's not going to run very well. Our bodies are exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, good point. Hey, I appreciate the call. You're welcome. Good to talk to you today. Six seven three five eight ninety is the phone number. Caller will go to line two. You're on with Andy this morning. How are you? I'm great, Andy. Thanks. Hey, um, personal experience, give you a, just a short version of it. Okay. About a year ago, I decided I wanted to have a complete physical. I'm in my middle 60s, and I wanted to have a complete physical. I hadn't had one year, so I told the doctor, I said, I want you to check everything. I feel healthy, but I haven't had a physical in four or five years, so the next time I wanted to complete one. I said, anything bad I want to know. Anything good, I'm on the right track, I don't know. And I was that fast food, kind of guy. I love hey, hey, let me stop you for I a second. Stopped. You're coming in and out a little bit. Make sure your mouth is right near the microphone because you're kind of fading in and out. Okay, sorry. So I was also a potato kind of guy. I like fast food and so forth. But I decided that that was it. I'm done with this because our food manufacturers are actually they're not making food for us to make us healthy. They're making food as a commodity so they can make money on it. And then what it does is it turns, it makes us sick, and then we have to rely on the pharmaceuticals and the big giants that's just making money off the sandwich foot for our health. Okay. So I learned by that experience I've lost 50 pounds. I learned from that experience I do have some health issues that were unknown there that I have to deal with, mm-hmm. live with now as long as I have left. But I read two books. One's called... Um, Forks over knives. Okay. I don't know the author right now. We can but Google I read it. another okay. book that was called uh, How Not to Die. Mm. And both of those books, uh, they're they're plant based uh, authors, and there's reason for it. And you know, we we should eat things that are good for us, even small things that are not just plant based. But we should focus our diets at least eighty or ninety percent on plant based if we want to be healthy. And it doesn't matter what age we are, but it, and I'm not a vegetarian, I'm not supporting veganism and all that stuff. I just say that food out there, we have to be very careful what we eat because there's 
there's people, there's tricksters out there that want us to buy all this stuff, and it's not for our health. All right. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. I, he makes a good point. You know, there's there's a, you think about who makes your food, and you can be naive. You can say, well, they've got me. They've got my best interest in mind. Really? Is you what what? what if you own a company that makes food, a big company, we're talking to Kraft Foods or, uh, I don't know, uh, Kellogg's or, or whoever, whatever the whatever food company is, Purdue Chicken, whatever, I don't know. What is your priority? What is your priority to make a number one product that will make people healthier? Or is your product to make enough uh, food or whatever it is to make a profit, to turn a profit, to make money? So that you can have a mansion in a swimming pool. I'm just, I'm just saying. I don't think. I, I, I you know, I, I have at times. I do. Like I said it before. I, I take people at their word until I have a reason not to. But I, I mean, we're, we're talking about big corporations, fast food joints. I'm not naive enough to think that they're, they're worried about my health. They don't care. All they care is that I go in there and I open my wallet and I stick my credit card in their little credit card machine and pay them off and, and they make money. That's what they care about. All right, got to take a break. When we come back, we will uh, wrap up the show, take another call or two. do want to thank Joe Shoney, a local loan consultant focusing on customer service. Now, Joe has been in southern Utah for more than 25 years, and if you go online, he's got a great, great score, 4.91 out of 5 stars on the Social Survey website. That's 277 reviews, so it's not like it's a fluke. A lot of people have reviewed him. Uh, it was a great experience, says Sandra in Cedar City. Uh, let's see, this is Timothy in Murrieta, California. Said, great job to Joe and his staff. They were incredible. And, again, the averages are unbelievable, 4.91 out of 5 stars. That is good stuff. Give Joe a call today, 435-590-6300, or email Joe, joe.shoney, S-C-H-O-N-E-Y, at nafinc.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the program. It's 9.57. Just got a couple of minutes left. Got a caller on the line, too. We'll get to them in just a second. I didn't want to say this before I let this week end. I am so sick of this impe- impeachment garbage. Uh, they, they, they put together, they had their investigations. They had their bogus witnesses and everything. They finally put together the quote-unquote articles of impeachment, and they're empty. They're hollow. All they're saying is, well, we, President Trump's not classy enough for us. That's, that's basically the essence of both articles of impeachment was we don't think he's a classy enough guy to be our president. And, and I just, I'm so tired of it. These lawmakers are supposed to be making laws. They're supposed to be helping to govern this country. And all they want to do is, these, these Democrats, all they want to do is sit there and rail on the president and get him out of there. They're sore losers. All right, let's go to the phone. Caller, you're on with Andy. How are you? Hi, Andy. Hey, what's Happy up? Friday the 13th. Thank you. Yeah, we got about a minute and a half left, so fire away. What a dead cell, man. It's the holidays. You got to eat sugar. Good grief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, after yeah. You, after New Year's, you have your regret. Yeah, yeah. All, all those, uh, all those uh, resolutions uh, about all the weight yeah. we just gained. We do have to eat our fruits and vegetables. You need to get that guy with that pill that you guys advertise so he can give us the sales pitch, really, if they're 
is good because it's miracle. If I can take a couple pills and have ten servings of fruit and vegetables, I'll be happy. Yeah, it, it sounds good. Um, and and he uh, does run it. They have an infomercial on Saturdays, a Balance of Nature infomercial on Saturdays. I think it's at one or one thirty in the afternoon. So uh, if you want to yeah. listen to that, there's more info on it. Doctor Blodgett kind of poo poo that says we still need to get the fiber and stuff out of the real food. That's true. That's so true. I guess we need to go talk to the farmers market guys for some good quality food. Yeah, and get some duck eggs, too. <laughs> That's right. Thanks. Bye. All right. Thanks, Richard. All right. We only have about 30 seconds, so if you've got something to say, fire away. My ancestors are from uh, Switzerland, uh-huh. so I'm kind of neutral. But I <laughs> I think that uh, it's in the genes. That's a and, big, uh, big part of it, yep. And so... Moderation and uh, take care of yourself. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for the phone call. We're out of time. Thanks for listening. I'll be back on Monday. Got some great guest scheduled next week, so tune into the Andy Griffin Show. See you then.